Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we've got uh, two small-ish topics to talk about. We're going to be reviewing Resistance Season 2, Episode 3, titled Live Fire, and a, you know, a little like you know, trailer that came out the other day. Not Wait, important. but there was a trailer? Uh, there was no trailer. The final trailer it. for The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that one, and with the tickets being on sale as well. Wow, this was a week. Did, did you guys get your tickets? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I I I heard that it's it's like, um, what did it, what did it pass? It passed it, something else. It, it it I think for the uh, it surpassed um, uh, Avengers Endgame for most oh, ticket right. sales in the first couple hours and in the first twenty four hours. It's, I think it's only second to Endgame. So tickets been selling like crazy. Um, uh, Steven, I know you and I got our tickets. Yeah, we're I, good to go. I'm so, I'm so excited. Actually, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I bought a bunch of tickets for friends and family on opening night and then, uh, for the premiere. And then when I go back home for Christmas, with some friends and family and, uh, and you know, one or two more for opening weekend. <laughs> I, apparently I bought so many tickets that my credit card thought it was fraud. They were like, wow. there's no way you spent that much on tickets in that span of time. Like, no, no, really. It, w- it was me. I promise. <laughs> That uh, does not but, surprise me in the slightest, William. But the nice thing is the credit card company is following up on it to make sure you did, did not. Which was nice. But, uh, fraud, which is but, pretty cool. But I was like, please don't. Please don't cancel the seats. Please don't cancel the seats. <laughs> <laughs> I already got the seats. Anyway. But um, before the... Uh, so, yeah. So, the, the, the tickets went on sale a little bit before the trailer dropped, as expected, um, as we talked about on the last episode. And then uh, we got the trailer... The final trailer. I mean, there'll be tons of little mini. The second things, and final trailer. The second and final trailer for the rise of Skywalker. Let's uh, okay. let's take a quick listen. X. So the Lucasfilm logo is open, and we're on some sort of planet. It's unclear. But we get ready. It's an instinct. Yeah. It doesn't really sound... I don't know. At first, it didn't sound like Finn. Of course, no, it did. Together. We're not alone. Billy D. Williams. Good people will fight if we lead them. Tanda 4? Except Tanda 4, guys? People keep telling me they know me. That, that's a gorgeous shot. No one does. We'll discuss it in just a minute. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. 
I just want to say at this point, can you guys believe that when it comes to this full Star Wars saga, this mm-hmm. is the absolute last full saga trailer we will get from the from these nine films? That's crazy to think. Like yeah. this, this is the end. This is the end of the story, and you can kind of tell they're trying to bring everything together. What What were some of the highlights for you, Stephen? You want to go first? What was your What was your highlight? I mean, obviously the Star Destroyers. The spaceships. Oh. I mean, I think we've talked about it a little bit. I've been generally a little bit sad that we haven't gotten a true major space battle in any of the kind of seven or eight. Uh, I mean, a seven has the X-wing and Tie Fighter battle. Uh, eight has kind of the bomber battle, which is cool, but is just was lacking a little bit. So I'm I'm really pulling for a true, honest to goodness, you know, large capital ship fight. You know, we've got the giant rebel fleet. We've got a fleet of star destroyers. I don't know who they belong to and seems promising. I mean, that, that rebel fleet is incredible. Like the number of ships in the background there is just, it's going to, it spans every single for the Easter eggs, just in those ships. I I know it. Like the, the, the ship span every single, uh, film almost. And all of the, even like, like, did you guys see the big one? Did you guys see the VCX 100? The ghost? The ghost. Oh, that's got to be the ghost, right? Yeah, that has to be the ghost. First thing I noticed. And is yeah. it? Is it? Do you think it's Jason now piloting? Like, but 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 that's a question. Uh, Will we ever find out? I wouldn't be surprised if they pull a Rogue One and it's like, and then and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. look, it's the ghost, and we'll tell you in some other story. That yeah. being said, it's still cool to see. All of these ships, like heck, there's a ship that looks like the uh, looks like the Mandalorian ship, the Razor Crest. There's like, you know, ships from every single corner of the galaxy, all assembled for what looks to be one massive, massive, massive space battle. Uh, yeah, and of course, you know, Star Destroyers coming out of water or ice or something. I think it's ice. Yeah. It so looks like it. They're, they're breaking out of ice. Uh, and people like walking on top on like the surface of Star Destroyers. That's that was fascinating to me. That was cool. Right. Was like the charge of the light brigade with those things that look like horses. That the, was the really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like very, very interesting. Um, Tom, what was your favorite moment? You know, it's really. It's really hard to pick the favorite moment, but for me, the hardest thing about it is I've seen all these movies on first release. So I go all the way back to A New Hope, 
Empire. Oh, Tom, that was so long ago, I though. I know. I am the Sorry. only part I... of the group. That's just... I. What what got me, two things that got me, one was the 3PO line, mm. and two at the end, you knew that was Carrie Fisher at the end. Yeah. So it, it's it's basically for me, it is for me the ending of a saga that I have grown up with. And yeah. and that, that that's what gets me about the whole thing. I mean, I I hope that I get the the chance to see it. Well, I I will see it with my son, but I would have loved to have do, done it with my dad in that way. I think I mentioned before when it came to this that you know it could be like the three generations. Which I look at it this way: my dad was never a Star Wars fan, but he went with me to go see New Hope. Yeah, and it would have been kind of cool if if we still if he still lived in the state. To have the three of us, my son and he and I, basically three generations, watch in re- in almost three generations of Star Wars. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Cool. Like, it, there is something like a little emotional about like the end of yeah. the the saga. I mean, heck, I was like, you know, listening to the trailer, and all of a sudden it hit me the other day, like, you know, wow, it's 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 ending, and yeah, um, I I was thinking back to watching the Rise of Skywalker and with my dad, you know, he was like, or sorry, not the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> I wish the um. <laughs> Uh, the Last Jedi and how he like he's like let's go back again and you know he was so excited to go see it and how how much fun it would have been to watch with him. Uh, as yeah, well. and and I guess you know I, I guess for me it's like you know the favorite part was that Tantive mm. th- through the jungle that was just an amazing shot, um, and and just the three PO line and let's let's and, talk and, about and you're, you're you're looking at it just going. How is this actually going to end? I mean, I almost want to hope that this the shot that we see them in the Falcon with, you know, Ray and Poe and and Finn and three PO in the background and Chewbacca. Part of me hopes that's the last shot we see in the in, mm. in, in the whole trilogy. Never know. That could be so. really cool. Well, let's let's talk about the three PO line real quick because he's is you know we see the new character Babu Frick. Uh, he's just much tinier than I'd even expected. Uh, working on Chewbacca, he's got these like giant cables coming out of his his head. Um, and again, the guy's you mean this working is all, on C three PO. Yeah. Did I say something else? I meant I meant three PO. You said Chewbacca. Uh, what the heck was I thinking? Uh, I meant 3PO. I don't know. That's yeah, Chewie had cables coming out, out of his head. Chewie's back. I got missed that one. Surprise. Um, no, three PO, and um, uh, and that's when you know. Pose like what are you doing he says taking one last look sir at my friends like it's a great line for a trailer and, and very emotional because we are taking one last look at our friends that we've grown up with but as i was thinking about it and again this is all um pure speculation on my part and if you guys don't want to hear speculation you can fast forward a couple minutes and we'll be we'll be into our review of our resistance but um i started to realize like See, George Lucas has always said that the Star Wars saga has been told through the eyes of the droids, 3PO and R2. Mm-hmm. And in The Phantom Menace, we see 3PO made. He he, he kind of comes to life for the first time or, or you know, one of the first times. He's still unfinished, doesn't have his parts, that sort of thing. I wonder if we might see the the end of 3PO in this film where he sacrifices himself to save his friends. And it's kind of like a nice symmetry in some ways where we kind of basically see 3PO's life mm-hmm. I will be frustrated if they do that though honestly well, see, it, 
and again, I mean, heck, they don't have they can't, you know, they if can't you, kill Leia in the movie. So. <laughs> I yeah, that's what, exact, and that's why it would frustrate me. Is every movie's had a major death thus far to the point where it feels like it was kind of intentional and true. But I guess I, it would feel more natural, I guess, for three PO just because it you kind of see his whole arc. But I don't know, maybe not. Well, I I just I have a theory about that, and it's one of those if you you want to fast forward, go ahead. Part of me thinks because if you take a look at the background, there's a battle droid back there. And I was talking this with a friend of mine. Part of me thinks that because at one point 3PO was a battle droid, even though it was, you know, it it was unintentional, that maybe at some point, because of the amount of ships that are there, they need some kind of cavalry or they need some kind of, um, you know, they, they need something. So he's sacrificing himself to bring the battle droids back to life because they need an actual droid control ship. That's what I think, but it's still heartbreaking to hear that line. Yeah, then again, it could be a, could be a complete misdirect. Yeah, you know? totally, total. What what Star Wars movie wouldn't have a misdirect in it? Oh, especially because this is JJ. Like you know. Yeah. Let's let's remember let's remember who's uh who's overseeing this this movie here. Yeah. Um, I also really liked speaking of symmetry the 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 scene at the very beginning when Ray is she leaps across a chasm in this like, jungle. And then all of a sudden we see what looks to be, I don't know, maybe the death star ruins. It's very mm. reminiscent of her, uh, climbing through the star destroyer at the beginning of the force awakens, which I like. Yeah. Um, I, I liked that a lot. And there's some, just some gorgeous shots that the whole thing. And of course the, the looming presence of the emperor, as we hear you know, a lot of his voice, we never actually see him, but we see like a, uh, a, a, a robe and like a profile. You see something. a profile of a robe with a walking chair. We don't see him, but we see the his chair and his robe. And uh, I don't know. I'm very his his cloak, and I'm I'm very excited to see like what form the emperor is in. Is he real? Is he uh, a, a droid like the the ones from Battlefront? Mm-hmm. Is he a clone? Is he? I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. Is he a mall type thing? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Also, we see the exact same shot of Leia uh, that we saw in the last trailer, which leads me to believe that there there's probably not a lot of shots of her and that she may have a small presence, but a, a big, a big moment, but a small presence in the film mm-hmm. overall, uh, which would make sense uh, given the limit. I'm, I'm guessing we see her at the very beginning at the very end. Yeah. I, I, probably very beginning, but I think we're probably going to hear her at the very end. Yeah. Cause it, it, the, the way, the way the trailer s- set the, this thing up, I don't think Leia's going to make it through the movie. I think she's going to end up part of the force because the way that trailer ends where she says always, yeah, I, I am, I'm going in there as a tribute to her. That would be a fitting way in this movie for her yeah. to go. And, and just, it's her and Luke basically wrapping up the saga. Yeah. I mean, it could potentially also give us like force ghost Luke and Leia almost yeah. or they could reuse yeah. like, I don't know, Carrie Fisher's daughter or something. So that, you know, for like a younger, yeah, they, they could, they know. could do anything, you know, they could do anything. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic trailer. I'm very excited. There's so many great shots, so many cool moments. Um, you know, we, we talked about a, a decent number. We'll get the Emperor's Throne. Um, there's like the the shots of the the those Orbacks, which are very, very um, 
almost un-Star Wars-y, but still Star Wars-y at the same time. Um, Finn and, oh, is that, is that, is that Kylo and, and Rey working together or, or fighting against each other? Destroying something? It's, it's, un, did, it's unclear, but. Did you guys catch something when, when Kylo and Rey basically destroyed that podium? I'm going to call it. I have a feeling I know what sure. it is. But as it's fading away to the next shot, it looks like Kylo's taking off his helmet. Hmm. Really watch uh, it. I'll have to go back and check that. I did not catch that. Uh, really watch it. I was going to say the first time or the second time or the, the third time I watched the trailer or the fourth time I watched the trailer. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> There's I been think a few times. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, I was like caught it on the... Maybe saw it on the 8th, watched it the ninth, and then maybe the 10th is when I actually look, started... Does it look like uh, you know they help? they do say the trailer? It's always that tenth watch that really starts to bring it out. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we'll see. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm excited, guys. We are almost we're almost there. We're less than two months away. Yeah. But yep, before we get to the rise of Skywalker, we're gonna have a heck of a lot of content to get through. Oh boy! Um, yeah, we're gonna have a lot I'm of shows. So to excited do because too. the Mandalorian, as you know, drops on November twelfth, just a couple weeks away, like three weeks away. As we're uh, as you're listening to this, less than three weeks, two and a half wow, weeks. Three like weeks. That. Yeah, it's so close, guys. And Lucasfilm has revealed the schedule for season one. And uh, get ready because we are gonna get episodes every single week through the end of the year they are not taking any breaks they're not stopping for thanksgiving they're not stopping for christmas they're going right through to the end of the year and uh we are going to be just inundated with star wars which is so cool to see i know we talked we complained about you know the clone wars especially but sometimes rebels taking long breaks Mm -hmm. mid-season they're not doing that at all they're just gonna blow right through it all and so that we'll have we'll finished the series before the end of the year. But that means we're going to be getting not one, but two episodes during the first week of Disney plus. So we'll get an episode on Tuesday, the 12th when Disney plus launches. And then the show will, uh, will actually uh, release every single Friday for the rest of the year. Again, not, not with no breaks for Thanksgiving or Christmas. So uh, black Friday, we'll get an episode Friday after Christmas. We'll get an episode the uh, the only exception to this schedule is when the Rise of Skywalker launches because I don't know about you, like I love Star Wars, but releasing the Rise of Skywalker and a new episode of The Mandalorian on the same day that's a that's a bit much. So they're actually uh, bringing it two days early. So we're gonna get the um, uh, the Rise of, we're gonna get The Mandalorian on Wednesday, followed by the Rise of Skywalker premiere on Thursday and officially release on 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 Friday. That yeah, is gonna I, be quite the week. Yeah, and I think if they were to release on the same day, our heads would explode because too <laughs> exactly, much content. I'm exactly. sorry, too much content overload, overload. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, you can expect a lot of episodes from us coming up uh, very soon uh, as we review Resistance and The Mandalorian and all of that fun stuff. Uh, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, guys. Also. Um, the Mandalorian, uh, uh, thirty minutes of the of the of the se- first season, uh, selected thirty minutes from different episodes, was shown for some of the press, and it's been getting rave reviews. People are are praising this show nonstop, 
We also got two bits of information. Filming for season two is is now underway, and John Favreau and Carl Weathers will actually step in to direct episodes of season two as well. They haven't announced the rest of the uh, list of directors yet, but that's really cool to see. Apparently, John Favreau is too busy filming um, the Lion King to to work on to direct uh, episodes in season one. He only wrote uh, season one, but uh, he will be directing. As well that should be fun to see yeah and last but certainly uh, not well maybe i don't know uh the the last piece of news is uh, uh ewan mcgregor did an interview with uh, men's journal and he actually revealed that the upcoming kenobi series will be six episodes long at least that's what season one will be so a bit shorter but again you know it's a nice special mini series i think uh, it works yeah i mean really on the planet tatooine how much can you drag a storyline out and if it's six well written well-told stories or one story over the six episodes i'm all for it yeah i mean as i always say like i would much rather have a short and amazing tv show or movie or game or whatever than something that's that's dragged out just for the sake of length and i'm so excited for this so for sure we'll start filming next year with that uh should we get to the episode rundown steven you want to do it this time Ooh, I can do an episode rundown. This yeah. is exciting. Mix it up a little bit. Okay, let's see. So we're here to talk about Resistance Season 2, Episode 3, titled Live Fire. Uh, and I see why you gave it to me, William. Uh, <laughs> you know I, uh, one. I, I apologize in advance. I'm going to mispronounce this. Should but I, it's written I? by uh, Marghead Scott. Margthread? Margred? It's probably Marriott. Margaret Scott. Marriott. Uh Anyway, and directed by Stuart Lee. And the synopsis, Kaz officially joins the Aces, as does Yeager, who trains them to become better combat pilots. Meanwhile, Tam learns what it's like to be a First Order pilot. And yeah, it was a very, I thought, straightforward episode generally. Yeah, I mean, you, you, again, you, you love ships, as we know. What, what what did you think of this I wanted training episode? A little bit more, honestly. Really? You did? I, what were you expecting? Yeah, it was a what, very, what, like... What were you looking for? Uh, I was looking for, I think, a little more sophistication. Uh, okay. A lot of this episode reminded me very much of the you know, uh, kind of Family Guy parody of like, ah, well, well I, I'll lose him with some maneuvers. I'm going to list lazily to the left. Okay. There's a lot of flying relatively straight and over kind of an ice planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the, a lot of the episode really focuses on uh, why am I blanking on his name? Not Kaz. Somebody help me. Yeager. Not Yeager, the the oh, green one. Oh, the oh, 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 oh. Am I forgetting um, his name? Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just enjoying Phazon. Hype Phazon. Thank you. Yeah, hype. So a lot of the episode really revolves around hype and his uh, in, inability to be. You know, I don't mean they're they're changing. They're going from being the aces, you know, the expert racers, to oh man, we really got our butts kicked in the previous battle at the first order. And that's maybe not a sustainable way to defend the Colossus. Mm-hmm. But Yeager even said, and I think even Doza said the same thing. They're racers. They're not really pilots. Mm-hmm. And when they were defending the Colossus, they were basically doing against pirates. Pirates are not first order tie fighter pilots. So to a certain extent, this was, a, I enjoyed the story because it did prove that it made an easy way for Kaz in a logical way to join the aces with Jaeger because somebody need to train these guys how to be actual combat pilots. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the... go ahead. William. You, you guys bring up 
I actually, I agree with both of your points. I think, you know, the, the training itself was a bit light, I think. Um, but it was nice. It was, as you said, Tom, it was really nice to, to actually see them admit that, yeah, they called them aces and how they're like the best pilots in the galaxy, but they're racers. They're, they're stunt pilots. They, they fly for fun. They don't know how to work as a team. They don't know how to do combat. And, it kind of shows like, yeah, they, they're, they're like, there's different types of best pilots. You know, everyone likes to make the claim they're the best pilot in the galaxy. And, like Faison. Uh, Faison and, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, everyone, everyone wants right. Han likes to, to, to make the claim. Right. Uh, everyone, Poe likes to make the claim. Um, and the Anakin, right. And there's different types of pilots, and and these the aces are, they're talented, but they don't necessarily have the chops to defeat the first order, and it's a bit of a, um, it's a problem. Yeah, it is. It's and, a challenge. And they for actually kind of you know, they they have to realize that, right? And it, they have to it stings their ego a little bit, but it's it's true, and I, I like how they did they did that. One of the things that was a little weird though is that they're like, well, we'll have Kaz train you. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. I know Kaz may have been top of his, of his class, which still blows my mind. Um, totally, but uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeager yeah. though, he's a, he's a you know obviously a good pilot. So fine with Yeager, <laughs> but Kaz is a little too uh, uh, big for his britches. Still, mm. now, a, what I sorry, I go was, ahead, Tom. What I enjoyed about the this episode was the flip side of that with the first order training Tam, and how you know, I I I, I, li- I liked how you know it, it was you got both sides of the training process, mm-hmm. and it was funny because when you look at Tam, Tam had a different idea of you know fighting and flying, and that's what Jaeger and and Ta and God, why am I blanking on his name? Cam, we're trying to teach, you know, the aces. The aces mm-hmm. are trying to go as a team, whereas the flip side, Tam has to realize that that's not what the first order is going with. They, yeah. it's all, it's all for yourself. This is going to be yeah, interesting carrying forward. Yeah, I did like the dichotomy of, you know, on the one hand, we have uh, that's hype for the word dichotomy. That's what yeah. I, want. that's what I was looking for. <laughs> the dichotomy of you hype, who is apparently the ideal first order pilot, only cares about yep. proving himself. Uh, and on the other hand, you have Tam, who is an ideal resistance pilot. She cares about her wingmates. You know, she's trying to make sure that uh, all of her crew gets home safe. And the First Order is not interested. In fact, they, that's an embarrassment from their perspective. Mm-hmm. It's an embarrassment so far because as far as the person who is training them even said it's survival of the fittest. It's, you know, do or die. If you can't survive out there, then you're not one of the best pilots within the First Order. And and you're just sitting there going, wow. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Gallic even punishes Tam. For, yes, thank you. That was Lieutenant Gallic for rescuing um, Jace. Right? She yeah. she she was gonna make Tam the uh, squadron leader, and she's like, no, sorry, you're not it. Uh, you should have let Jace die. And what I think is fascinating too is how Jace actually says, you know what? Had our roles been reversed, I probably wouldn't have rescued you at least he's honest at least he's honest. absolutely it shows again it's that something. Tam is not necessarily well suited for the first order well um, 
So do you think this is okay? The next couple episodes, do you think this is where Tam is now going to realize if she gets out there again in a fighting situation that she is not cut out for the first order? I think and is this going to push while. the first order to actually do a let's say quote unquote programming on her? It may take a little while, but I, as we talked about last week, I, I think it'll eventually happen. Yeah, I think yeah, that's where yeah, but but uh, but going back to the 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 pilots themselves, um, I actually liked how we started to get a bit more time with the the aces again. I feel like they're doing better, more justice to them. We talked about how they actually used them properly in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you know, we, we get to see a bit more of their training get to know the aces a bit more. I wish we knew a bit more about their backstory. We really only know about hype for the most part. Mm-hmm. We, we got a lot of backstory from season one, but like Griff, for example, Griff Halloran, we, we know nothing about him, but he talks about how he, he used to be a former Imperial and he knows how their kind thinks. And I'd love to, to get more of his backstory or Bo Keevil or Faya mm-hmm. Fenris. I, I, I'd I love, love to get Go ahead, Stephen. Go I was gonna ahead. say, I, he had a specific line that I thought was fantastic where he comments, uh, you know, they're talking about why the First Order lost, or so he's talking about why the Empire lost, and he makes a comment of like, yeah, you know, like, you got to watch your backs out there. It's why the Empire didn't win, or, you know, something along those lines. I thought it was just a great line. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, when, they were, when they were flying, right? It was. Right. You know, I, know, I, I think it was. No, I think they, it was when they were in the ready room. It was, yeah, it was in the ready room after they kind of already failed. Yes. Um, yes. First time, I believe. Yeah, and I, that was just such a great line because it shows that, um, you know, he he may have been a former Imperial, but he's not completely. I don't know. He 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 understands that it's about watching each other's backs, and mm-hmm. he even gets called on like he's like, well, what the heck? Why you know you were part of the Empire? Why don't why don't uh, why do you actually care? And that's what he said. That's why that's why we lost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, that that little line makes you really just you know, want to get more of Griff's backstory and how he ended up on the Colossus and, you know. And and this is a good opportunity for them to explore that because this is something where they can use Jaeger and Kaz to kind of pick his brain a little bit to kind of get, even though it's now a first order, they can get an idea of, let's say, the Empire tactics and see if there's anything that the first order is using now that the Empire is gone, what kind of tactics pulled over, what kind of tactics didn't. He'd be a good brain to pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like the visuals a lot. While the 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 training itself was relatively straightforward, mm. the uh, the the combat was pretty beautiful. So they go to this this ice moon of uh, named uh, Celsor Three, and uh, it must just be like a nearby moon, and uh, we get this this beautiful shots of like you know, the, the ship sipping around and through the clouds and then they, you know, going around these giant spires of ice. Uh, it was really, really cool looking, honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought they did a really great job with the, the animation and, you know, of course, Yeager and, and Kaz quickly take out, um, all the pilots, but, uh, it's still, I, I don't know. It was, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice, nice dog fight. I enjoyed it a lot more than the one in space with the first order training. It just seemed a little bit more bland and a little bit slower. Well, I, I think the best thing about it was the atmosphere because they had to sit there and, and on this planet, 
because it was so, let's say, cloudy. There were these big spires, ice spires there. And also what made it work was they had not just trying to practice combat, but they had the other thing of that space, let's say, space stingray on the planet. That ended up being, yeah, that ended up being another thing that they had to, you know, deal with. So it, it kind of, it worked in that sense because it was really good visuals to keep your eyes just moving throughout the whole combat thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the whole thing was just very well done. Um, I thought they did a, they did a great job and, and some of the little moments too, like, you know, before they go on the mission, Bo Kivel kicks cat, um, kicks, kicks, uh, Niku out of his seat and Niku just like walks suddenly walks over into the back and uh, sits with the droids kind of without a complaint and is just we see him in the background for the rest of the whole scene he's just like eating in the background behind Yeager you know it's kind of a little funny subtle moment and then later when um, you know hype is furious about not you know being basically uh, eliminated from the uh, the race he tries to he decides to quit actually believe it or not and his droid um, you know, like starts taunting Griff before sauntering off. Just like the little animation touches were just, uh, which was yeah. a cool looking droid. Yeah. And that might've been one of my favorite scenes in the episode, the really? droid doing, I guess the too slow maneuver is probably what I would call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, it's great. Hype rubs off on everyone. He does. Yeah. He does. Um, what did you think of the discussion between hype and, uh, and Torah and trying to convince him to stay? It felt a little forced to me, but I, just busy. I just, it, just, yeah. Just something to move the story forward. Yeah. I mean, he, he quits and she tries to get him to come back and it doesn't really work. Um, See, the other thing is, if he were to leave the Colossus, where is he going to go? Well, that's true. Like, there is not anywhere for him to go. And that's why it's, it's inevitable that he rejoins, especially a little bit later when, uh, when, when Hype does decide to return. Everyone's like, was it, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Griff or Bo was like, oh, I, knew, I knew he'd come back. I think but, it was Griff. Um, but like, you know, it was, it was it was nice that Kaz tried to talk to Hype and, and, and get him to come back. And, mm. of course, in typical Kaz fashion, like, he proceeds to put his foot in his mouth and accidentally call Hype a, a, a rookie, which he technically is as a combat pilot, but Hype doesn't yeah. take to it well. Um, and he retorts by kind of bringing Tam up out of nowhere and, and saying it's Kaz's fault that she left, uh, which is kind of funny because we know that Tam had a, a relationship with Kaz. Oh, sorry, with with Hype at one point, uh, but he kind of forgot about her. And so it's it's interesting that he he brings it up again. And I actually wonder how much it's been affecting Hype that his old friend left. It's a good question. I I wouldn't be surprised if it is kind of having a pretty negative impact on him. Um, and I expect we'll. Obviously, we're kind of going to be leading up to a, uh, I guess, another confrontation with Tam, and that whole storyline will be resolved at some point. Yeah, in presumably dramatic fashion. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, how many episodes do we have left before it's over? That's oh, we, it's going to be wrapped a up ways. at some point. 
We yeah, still it's got have, a ways to go. It'll be wrapped up. This is only episode three, and there's uh, there's 19 episodes in the season, so we've got a little ways. Oh, but um, uh, but yeah. So again, the they go out ba- again on a on a second training mission, and this time they're in uh, pairs of uh, pairs of two, three pairs of two, and have to work together as a team. We've got Kaz as the leader with hype as his wingman, which you know grates on hype to no end. Mm-hmm. Griffin, Tora, and Bo, and Freya, and uh, you know, Hype and Kaz are still not really getting along very well. They're they're Hype is kind of mocking Kaz, and they basically decide not to talk, which isn't the best strategy for teammates. For women, no, not really. Uh, but that's when we get the the introduction of the Jakusk. What do you guys think of that that creature? I thought the design was really neat. It reminded yeah. me of like uh, some of those like you know the things that crawl in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I don't uh, know what they're called. Um, so basically, what you're saying it's a cross between a crab and I th- always thought it was this really cool stingray with that really long tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, it, there's a sp- I forget the type of it's like a fossil type thing you see all the time. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's not actually important. No, I think I, know, is, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I know what you're the, about. the important part is that it looked really cool. Yeah, uh, and it made for a very, uh, I don't know, interesting fight for them as they realize that their blasters don't work. They can't hurt it, uh, and then it captures Yeager, planning to make him a little snack. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to realize that they couldn't hurt it from the top because it seemed like on the top it was more armored. The bottom part, mm-hmm. naturally, for something like that, is going to be the fleshy underbelly that you can actually do something with and right. and damn and hurt it. Yeah, and they actually have to work together as a team yeah. to defeat it, which is the trick. Yeah, and this wasn't an every man for yourself mission because they were really supposed to be out there trying to figure out how to work as a team. Mm-hmm. Which is perfect, and by the end of it, they they do end up figuring out how to work together and, and, and hype and Kaz kind of make up a little bit. I mean, he's still not thrilled about Kaz hugging him, but uh, at least he, they're, they're on speaking terms and he's starting to realize that, you know, Kaz is, isn't half bad and, and they're actually starting to improve their skill set, which is a really nice thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what was also fascinating t- to me was just how, we talked a little bit about Tam, uh, but the fact that uh, Jace Rucklin also off-screen, uh, you know, joined as we as we, we talked about that, I believe, in the the last episode. Um, but we we also it also they also revealed that Lin Gava joined the First Order as well. And if you'll remember back to Fuel for the Fire when Jace Rucklin mm. was first introduced, he had two friends, um, Lin Gava and Gorak Wiles. Uh, apparently, Lin Gava join the first order as well but gorak uh is actually visible um off screen on the colossus uh in aunt z's cantina and so apparently he stayed while lynn and jace left and i that would have been interesting so fascinating to see how that all went down and i hope we get a little bit more of that in the future because again it's it's that you know almost you know brother versus brother dynamic almost like you know the civil war where mm-hmm. some people left the colossus and joined the first order and others decided to stay behind and this all happened off screen but it would have been really cool to see and i hope we get more of that yeah interesting 
it has been fascinating to watch this kind of extra insight into the first order and you know how training happens what they do and things like that i'm i'm excited to see the next steps with uh well as tam becomes an actual pilot and maybe starts running missions or mm-hmm. something along those lines yeah i i think for me that's going to be interesting but i still think at some point they're going to have i'm looking forward to the whole programming thing i want to know how do they take something, you know, take a person and program them to be basically a quote unquote drone? It's I mean, dropped a couple times. Yeah. It's hinted at a couple times that it's that, you know, it's and, and I understand why Tyr- tyranny doesn't want her that way because it's easier to manipulate her, you know. It's it's easier to manipulate her when she's not that way, and you can see more of the damage being done than just basically make her a drone and manipulate her and boom, you know what you've got. But you know, it's, it's, it's the psychologicalness that I'm, I'm, I like seeing. I just, it's the drone aspect of it. I want to see what they do to turn them into like just a walking pilot or a stormtrooper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be fascinating to see. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get it in a few episodes. I would hope at some point we get something like that, or at least some kind of, you don't have to see it, but some kind of explanation of how it's done because it was a big thing for Finn. It was his programming that you can almost say was short circuited when we first saw him in the force awakens. So something, and it's been hinted at throughout. Mm -hmm. So like to see something about that. Just, just a little bit to show something. I think we will. And and in the meantime, we are getting a, Somewhat subtle, but we're we're still getting a, a look at the dynamics of the first order and how they all yeah work. away from and, General Hux and everybody else. I totally agree. Yeah, and you know we we I mean Lieutenant Gallic is overall she's kind of um not a major player yet. She she was just like a kind of a hard nosed uh, uh commander, and mm. um you know when. Tam try as we talked about earlier. Tam tries to rescue Jace, and you know Tam's like doing. She's like, you know, getting a clean sweep. She's she's taking out all of the X-wing drones, which I actually really liked. By the way, the X-wing drones were pretty cool. That was really cool. They did look super neat. I was very curious to see. Uh, I wanted a better shot of them to see, like, because yeah. you could tell there was like almost like an extra set of wings on them. Yeah, kind of like an Arc One Seventy almost. Yeah, it did almost. Kind of had that feel to it. Didn't quite see what it was, and I wanted to see more. Yeah, I want a Lego set. <laughs> uh tom of course we like said. that's an easy that's an easy thing to request <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll do the uh what do they do the uh, if you get ten thousand hits they'll make it a lego set that's what i'll do i'll build one put it on that win the contest and hey i get my lego set i am happy to help with that not a problem yeah but but you know tam accidentally knocks jace's ship off course and that's when she she rescues him before it can collide with the starter storage saving his life but in the process uh displeasing Lieutenant Gallic and Commander Pyre, and she earns their ire. See what I did there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you proud of yourself, William? It just, it just <sighs> comes naturally. Uh, you know, she would have done that for the Resistance. She would have ended up making the Squadron Commander. Exactly. She would have. Yeah. She would have. And honestly, she may be the only one. She may be, She's probably a better fit than Cass is. The, uh, probably. She probably is a better fit, yeah. yeah. That's not saying much. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. It was a fairly straightforward episode, but it was, uh, I I liked getting the, 
I like the seeing both sides of the resistance and the first order. And the, as you said, that the, the dichotomy between the two and the contrast of, you know, on, on one side, you're supposed to win at all costs and who cares about your friends. And on the other side, you actually have to have teamwork and work together and, and, uh, and save your friends. And it's just a really great comparison of the two sides. Yeah. This was a good episode for that. It really was Yeah, very well written in that respect. It was, it was, um, I don't know, any, any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. Not for this episode. Yeah. Cool. Well, Tom, what, what were your, what are your, uh, what would you give the episode? You know, I'm going to give it an eight. I thought it was a very solid episode. It, it had its little quirks every once in a while, but I thought I liked the juxtaposition or the dichotomy between the two sides where you got to see, you know, the, how the resistance train a fighter and how you know, the first order trains a fighter pilot. So I, I like that. I thought it was just a very solid, straightforward story. I am taking my eight Womp Rats and, you know, I think there were four of the X-Wing drones and they really weren't drones. They were actually the Womp Rats in them. So there are two Womp Rats each. Oh. And it's kind of, it's kind of, Sorry if I took somebody's that, yeah, uh, uh, good, thing. I'm sorry, but but it it kind of works like the like the uh, the Millennium Falcon ride at Disneyland, where you have one pilot control one way and one pilot control the other way, and that's why they really couldn't get away as being you know drones, and they were too easy of a mark for the the Tie Fighter pilots. So or maybe that was the purpose, but it was the Womp Rats fighting in the Tie drone. I mean the X Wing drones. Okay, oh, and what was your rating? Eight. Eight. Nice. Yep. Um, I might go uh, next. I, I think the, uh, I give it a seven and a half. I think it was, it was good. It was a good episode. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, some, again, the beautiful shots. I really love the shots of the, the, sh- all the, the aces flying around Celsor three in the, the sky. Um, and it's cool to see the dynamic on, the the first order side as well uh i think they're kind of moving things in the right direction and mm. uh, you know i i hope we get even more of a look into the the dynamics as we we go along um so yeah i'm gonna get to make give this uh seven and a half womp rats out of ten and my seven and a half womp rats well the the way they were able to rescue yeager was by chucking seven and a half womp rats at the jacuzzi and it you know it dove in for uh, a nice snack uh letting go of that was a good one yeah i think that's better than mine feeding the jacuzzi steven uh so i think i'm gonna have to give it uh, i think i'll give it a six and a half out of ten um and i i'll fully uh admit to this is i know i have high standards when it comes to kind of (laughs) piloting episodes and things like that and like that's okay this always reminds me of like the original rogue squadron series when you're going through the training exercises and you know, it's been, oh, it'd been like a week and a half since I'd seen the last episode of resistance. And so I had, I just remember having this distinct moment as I'm watching where I was like, Oh, we're watching. Oh, I'm really just in where this is going. And I think it was Kaz or hype shows up and says somewhere. I'm like, right. This is still resistance. It's still skewing a little bit younger mm-hmm. than I think I would probably prefer. Kaz is still kind of a bumbling buffoon. <laughs> got it i i don't i don't think he's ever going to get away from being the bumbling buffoon oh and i'm not saying that he should either it was just uh 
it wasn't quite what I wanted out of the episode, but it, it's not like it was bad. It was a, um, I thought a reasonable episode, you know, for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, I think, what did I say? Uh, six, and I say six and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, you said, well, you called it the, the Jakus, right? The Jakusk. Yeah. Jakusk. Um, well, I don't know if you guys know, but obviously they still have to eat something besides ships. So if you're missing, uh, seven and a half womp rats, that might, uh, that might be it. Uh, yeah. I was going to say they they multiply inside the jacuzzi. Yeah. I was going to say they ended up with an extra one. Uh, yeah. (laughs) No, it's a, yeah, it was a, it was, it was a good episode overall. Um, you know, I, I think I tend to rate the there was the resistance scale. I feel like, you know, uh, like for an episode of resistance, I, I do agree. Like, I, I wish they would tone down a little bit more on the jokey, um, slapsticky nature of it. But I don't know. I've kind of come to accept it at this point. Yeah, and I yeah, have. I, I I don't I don't think we're going to be getting away from that. No. Not at all. Not at all. So yeah, so uh, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, next week, in just a few days, actually, we'll be back with our review of Hunt on Celsor Three. And uh, in this episode, the pirates volunteer to find food for the Colossus, but Kaz doesn't trust them. He and Tora go on a hunt, but run into big problems. Doesn't Kaz always run into a problem? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, when does he yeah. not? I know, I know. It's 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 a rhetorical question, <laughs> but we will find out what those problems are in just a couple days. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, guys. It's always fun talking with you. Yep. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yep. Shortly with our review of Hunt on Celsor Three. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.